Welcome, welcome, welcome into Moments of Genius here on CMRU.ca by students for you. My name is Peter Roman, and this is episode 30 of the quarantine edition of my show. Today is sadly the last show I'm going to do of the year 2020, and so I'll be back in the new year. I'm not quite sure when yet, but I'll have to figure that out as my schedule kind of comes together. But this is my last show of 2020, and so with that in mind, I'm going to change it up a little bit because I'm still going to talk about sports, but this is going to be kind of a Christmassy slash New Year's type of show. And then at the very end, I'm going to do my NFL predictions like I tend to do around this time of the year because the NFL playoffs are very close to happening. I hope, anyway. The COVID thing with them is another <laughs> long discussion point. But anyway, so I'm going to start today with some Christmas stuff. So obviously Christmas is going to look a lot different this year. And obviously if you don't celebrate Christmas, you know, I think everyone's holiday season is going to look very different this year because... Well, there's still a pandemic going on in most places around the world, and it happens to be in a really bad place right now. But with that said, I thought I would give some movie picks. So these are my three Christmas movie picks. Whether you've seen them before or you haven't seen them, still worth watching. So the first one has to be my favorite Christmas movie, Elf. Elf is already an all-time classic, of course, and for, you know, anybody who knows the joke about eating, you know, spaghetti for every meal, then, yeah, you know about the movie Elf, but it really is a fantastic comedy. It's lighthearted, really fun, and just, you know, a nice Christmas movie, just in general. There's really nothing bad I can say about it. So Elf, my first movie pick. If you've seen it before, see it again. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. The second one, and I'm putting this here because I think my family would get really mad at me if I didn't, but it is A Christmas Story. Because in my family, that's kind of a tradition that my aunt started where we like have to watch A Christmas Story pretty much every year. And so, what can I say about A Christmas Story? It's, for if you haven't seen the movie before, it's a little bit weird. There's a lot in it that doesn't make a lot of sense. But is it entertaining? Yes. I, I think it's an entertaining movie. I just think it's a little weird, and obviously, there, there's some interesting plot decisions in the movie but it's still an enjoyable movie and I'm including it because it like I said it is a tradition in my family we tend to watch it almost every year and the last pick I have is one from my childhood that I remember very fondly and that is Charlie Brown Christmas so I loved the Peanuts series as a kid and so you know I don't think you can go wrong with any of the Charlie Brown stuff, to be honest. Like, the new Peanuts movie was awesome, too, although that's not, you know, 100% Christmas-specific. But Charlie Brown Christmas, great little way to round it out. So my three movie picks, whether you've seen them before or you haven't seen them, worth a watch. Elf, 
A Christmas Story, and Charlie Brown Christmas. So those are my little picks there. But because this is a sports show, I want to include a fourth mention. This isn't a movie, but it's just a really cool story. And so the, the fourth thing I'm going to add is just that one of my favorite sports stories just ever, period, is the story about the Christmas Day truce. And so for anyone who doesn't know about that story, basically during World War I, uh, so this was December 25th of 1914, the first year of World War I. And this was mostly on the Western Front, although there was some, some levels of this on the Eastern Front as well. But you had, for at least one day, for Christmas Day, there was an agreed-upon ceasefire between the two sides. And primarily, you know, this was done, you know, kind of out of good faith, and both, uh, both sides could cross the battlefield into no man's land and, you know, bury the fallen, essentially, was the primary reason, I think, that the ceasefires happened. But while that was happening, there was also exchanges of gifts and stuff like that, which is, you know, considering that they were engaged in a global world conflict, I mean, that's pretty unheard of that you have a ceasefire where the two sides of soldiers are exchanging gifts and stuff like that. And then, most uh, symbolically anyways, you have... And, you know, the stories of this are a little scattered where, like, it's not confirmed that this happened everywhere, but this at least happened in some places along the fronts where you had German soldiers, British, French, you know, Canadian soldiers played soccer. They were playing soccer together, right, as a friendly kickabout, as they would say in the UK, but... I mean, to me, the Christmas Day truce thing, the fact that, you know, at least for one day, even during a horrible conflict like World War One, the fact that they stopped and, you know, they, they kind of showed, like, I think the humanity of what we're capable of to some extent. And even to a larger extent, why I love sports so much because sport really does have the power to unite and it, it is very very cool to think about that you know even during something like that they still found time to play soccer even with their enemy but I wish I had more positive stories about that than World War One but obviously World War One was a horrible conflict where lots of people died and you know there aren't many there aren't like really many positives at all, but the Christmas Day truce, I think, is definitely one of them. So that's it for my Christmas stuff. So on to my second section. So this is going to be my New Year's section of my show today. So the first thing I'm going to start with, because New Year's is about counting down things usually and making lists of things that happened across the year. So... I'm going to look at the, so this is just going to be for the sports that I tend to cover, which is basketball, soccer, hockey, and football. Of those four sports, the top 10 sports moments of 2020. And I want to make this very clear. I'm not ordering this based on like 
what I like the most. I'm ordering this based on simplicity for myself. So this is in no particular order, but here we go. Top 10 sports moments of 2020. So the first one I have to, cause I'm starting in the NBA bubble, Luka Doncic. This was game four of the first round series against the LA Clippers. LA led the series two to one. And without his second best player, Luka Doncic decided to basically win the game by himself. And he certainly did. Got the ball with very little time left and did one of his classic step back threes and buried it with no time left and won the game for the Dallas Mavericks. They would end up losing the series, which kind of sucked. But it was truly, I think, a moment where Luka had arrived as the next great all-time player. And I think he will absolutely be that in the NBA. All right, sticking in the NBA bubble, my next sports moment of 2020, I have Anthony Davis's game winner. We had a few of these in the NBA bubble. This one happened in game two of the conference finals against the Denver Nuggets. And... The Lakers were running an inbound play. Originally, it was supposed to go to LeBron James, but he ended up getting taken out of the play. And so Anthony Davis showed that he was open, pulled up from three, and buried it with no time left to win it for the Lakers. And he would help them win their championship this past season, Anthony Davis's first championship ring. And my final little piece from the NBA bubble, my number three moment, I have OG Ananobi's winner, which was a crazy, by the way, crazy pass by Kyle Lowry because Nick Nurse ran the, uh, ran the inbound play and Lowry just kind of chucked it to the other side of the court where Ananobi set his feet and just got the shot off in time because the Raptors had like one second on the clock left. And so he just got the shot off in time and he nailed it to win it for the Raptors in game number three of the second round against the Boston Celtics. They would go on to lose in seven, which kind of sucked, but that Ananobi winner was certainly one of the moments of 2020. All right, on to switching bubbles anyway, from the NBA bubble to the NHL bubble. My number four sports moment of 2020, Steven Stamkos has to be him. Stamkos was pretty much injured the entire time during the NHL restart, during the NHL playoffs. But he did get to play a little bit in the Stanley Cup final in game three. He played five shifts in game number three. And Stamkos scored what ended up being the game winner against the Stars, which is an unbelievable story. Like, it really is one of those you know, you couldn't write it in Hollywood type of moments. And so Steven Stamkos' goal has to make my list. And then I have one more from the NHL bubble. And as much as I don't like the team, Vancouver, got to give credit where credit is due. Bo Horvat, I think, scored the best goal of the entire NHL bubble when he went coast to coast. And a br it's just... Horvat was on fire in that series against St. Louis, but he deked out two of the players from after he crossed the red line and just 
put on a brilliant, brilliant piece of skill to score and put the Canucks in the driver's seat. So Horvat's goal definitely makes my list. Next one. Going all the way back, I know this feels like six years ago, but the Super Bowl also happened this year. And Patrick Mahomes has to be... It, the Chiefs were down 10 in the fourth quarter. They were facing a third and 15 in their own territory. Mahomes backed up, backed up, backed up, and threw it all the way down the field. And Tyreek Hill was there to make a brilliant catch. And that play really helped save the Kansas City Chiefs season and they would go on to win the Super Bowl and beat the 49ers. My next moment also from the NBA sorry excuse me the NFL playoffs Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry who is a running back threw a touchdown pass against the Baltimore Ravens in their divisional round playoff game. Henry also rushed for like 195 yards but he did a jumping throw to Corey Davis in the end zone who came up with the catch and Tennessee pulled off the huge upset over the number one seeded Baltimore Ravens. And so Derrick Henry's pass makes my list. And then finally, I'm going to soccer for my last three on my top 10 here. So my next one has to be Christine Sinclair. And I know, again, this feels like it was forever ago, but Christine Sinclair this year broke the record for most international goals ever scored, male or female. And it was a record, I should say, previously held by Abby Wambach of the United States. But Christine Sinclair, Canadian icon, now holds that record. Unbelievable moment for her unbelievable moment for canadian soccer and it absolutely deserves to make my list my next one this one is just my favorite goal of the whole year and that is Ming sun and the goal he scored against west ham united so this was back earlier in the year when fans were actually allowed in the stands i know it's a weird concept but Ming sun basically took it from one end to the other, very Maradona-esque, and rest in peace to Diego himself. But Ming Sung took it all the way by himself and single-handedly just buried West Ham United. And if you haven't seen that goal, please look it up. It's a tremendous, tremendous goal. And so Ming Sung absolutely makes the list. And finally, has to be, it was the biggest goal of the year, Kingsley Coman against his old team with the headed game winner in the Champions League final for Bayern Munich. So that is my top 10. Again, in no particular order, we have Luka Doncic's game winner, Anthony Davis's game winner, OG Ananobi's game winner, Steven Stamkos with a Hollywood moment, Bo Horvat with a brilliant piece of skill, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill saving the season, Derrick Henry threw a touchdown pass. Christine Sinclair broke the record. Ming Sung with a Maradona goal, And Kingsley Coman with a little revenge against his old team. So that is my top 10 for sports that I cover moments of 2020. And so very quickly, I have one more segment. I will talk about my NFL predictions here. But 
I wanted to do one quick thing in my New Year's segment, and that is just, I know 2020's been, you know, a terrible year for so many reasons, and I get that, but I wanted to give a little bit of optimism about three really good things that happened in 2020. So, the first thing, it was a good year for climate change, and I realized that was largely because of the lockdowns that happened around the world, and lockdowns, you know, I don't think were really good for anybody, although certainly they have been shown to, you know, have some impact as far as limiting the virus spread, but as far as climate change and pollution is concerned, this was a good year for the environment, and I think that's a positive to take out of 2020. The next story is actually a really good one, and, you know, I think gets slept under the rug a little bit because of how crazy this year has been, but we saw the second ever person cured of HIV this year, and that in itself is worth a ton of recognition. And then the last thing I'm going to point out for my third great thing that happened in 2020, Captain Tom Moore of the United Kingdom who raised millions of dollars for the NHS just by simply completing laps of his garden. He was a international sensation. And so Captain Tom Moore is the third good thing on my list here. Okay, on to my NFL segment. So I usually do my NFL predictions around this time for the playoffs now that we kind of know what's going on. And so really quickly before I do that, this past week of football, I'll go through some of the notable, important results. So the first one was the Raiders and the Jets. The Jets actually got their defensive coordinator fired because he called a zero blitz on a play with, you know, that was obviously a Hail Mary from the Raiders. And Ruggs was one-on-one and Derek Carr threw it and the Jets are still winless. So they're 0-12. They are going for Trevor Lawrence. And I think they're going to get it because the Raiders, I'm not letting them off the hook. Vegas was horrible in this game, but they got lucky because they were playing the Jets. Browns with a, I know the final score was 41 to 35, but the Browns put on an absolute beat down of Tennessee. Baker Mayfield played really well in this game. The Browns defense was just smothering the Titans for most of the game until the very end anyways. So credit to Cleveland. Great win. Rams with a very impressive 38-28 win over the Cardinals. It was not that close. Arizona barely had the football. They couldn't get really anything going. Kyler Murray really struggled. And the LA defense continues to shine. The New York Giants pull off a huge upset over the Seattle Seahawks, 17-12. Giants have won four straight and are 5-7, and seven, but... They're probably the favorite to win the NFC East now. I'm not sure how much that means, but, you know, good for them, I guess. Russell Wilson in Seattle, just, they got to play better. My Philadelphia Eagles have made a quarterback change officially as of today, because Jalen Hurts is now the starter. And Hurts played a little bit against the Green Bay Packers. He looked okay. I just wasn't expecting a lot, and, you know, Green Bay won the game. Yeah, kind of predictable, to be honest. The Patriots put out a shutout over the Chargers. I know that game didn't mean a lot, but just kind of a notable score. And then Buffalo, 34-24 win over the 49ers. Big win for them. And the Steelers' unbeaten season is over. Miami Dolphins have popped the champagne. 
because the Washington football team won 23 to 17. So Washington is five and seven and the Giants are five and seven. They lead the NFC East and my Eagles are maybe in last, although we'll see what happens with the Cowboys game, which is happening today because of course NFL and COVID and all that weird stuff. So like I said, I'm going to do my NFL predictions now. First thing I will put as a, dis as a disclaimer is that COVID continues to be the big question mark around the NFL season because the NFL refuses to accept any responsibility and do anything smart. So because of that, we're in a little bit of a limbo state where if a team ends up missing players for the playoffs, that could mean a whole lot. But anyways... My predictions for the playoff teams, and then I'll do my Super Bowl prediction. So, in the AFC, because I think the AFC is a little more intriguing than the NFC. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers will end up with the number one seed. I think the Steelers will probably win out, and the Chiefs, I think there's a loss in there for... I think there's a loss in there for their, for them somewhere... But nonetheless, the Chiefs and the Steelers will be the one and two seeds in some kind of order. And they have, well, the Steelers have virtually won their division. And Kansas City has officially won their division at this point. I think Buffalo is going to win the AFC East. And then in the AFC South, I still think Tennessee is going to win that one. Although the loss to Cleveland wasn't great. And the Titans tend to be very inconsistent. But I have Buffalo, Tennessee as the three, four seeds. And Kansas City, Pittsburgh as the one, two seeds. And then the wildcard teams. I think the Cleveland Browns will be a wildcard team. I think the Raiders will be a wildcard team. I know they were horrible against the Jets, but I still think they probably get it done. And I'm going to say the Ravens are the third wildcard team. I think the Colts and the Dolphins will miss out. Dolphins and Colts could absolutely still get in, but they kind of have tougher schedules, and so I'm not 100% confident in the two of them. But that is my AFC playoff predictions, and as far as who I think is going to win the AFC, I think it's going to be Kansas City. They're not unbeatable, but I think Kansas City is the best team, and it's hard to see anybody winning against Kansas City in the playoffs but of course COVID is a wild card so watch out for that because they're not doing a bubble so from that to the NFC the NFC is not as exciting as the AFC this year but the NFC is pretty wide open to be honest it seems like any team that gets in the playoffs could theoretically win it if you're not from the NFC East anyway and I, I realize the Giants just beat the Seahawks but does anyone think the Giants are actually going to win the Super Bowl? No, they're not. And is the Washington football team going to win the Super Bowl? No, they're not. But I think the Giants probably win the NFC East, so they'll be the fourth seed. I think Green Bay is going to win the North, although that's not that surprising because they're, they have a pretty big lead in the North. The Saints will win the South because they have that tiebreaker on Tampa Bay. The West is interesting. I'm going to lean Seattle to win the NFC West. But I'm not as confident in that as I would have been a week ago. But I'm still going to say Seattle wins the West. And then the wildcard teams, the LA Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think will be wildcard teams. And the other wildcard team, I 
think it's going to be the Cardinals, but I'm not very confident in that. San Francisco could absolutely squeak in there, and technically Minnesota could too, but I really have my doubts about that, because Minnesota, I mean, they have a tough schedule, and their team's just not very good. They had to go to overtime to beat Jacksonville this week, so that is my NFC playoff prediction. So Saints, Packers, Giants, Seahawks win the division, Rams, Cardinals, Buccaneers are the wild cards. As far as who's going to win the NFC, well, this is really tough because we know it's not the Giants, but any of the, any of the other six could theoretically go on a run and win this thing. If you're asking me today, though, if I had to pick somebody of the NFC to win, I'm going to pick the Seattle Seahawks, and I know they just lost to the Giants. I get it. But I trust Russell Wilson more than I think I trust any of the other quarterbacks. And Seattle's defense, at times, has played really well in clutch moments. So, I'm picking Seattle to go to the Super Bowl to face Kansas City. So that is my playoff prediction. We'll see how right or how wrong I am next year when I restart my show. But, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank everybody for listening in throughout the throughout the quarantine season of my show it's gonna have to continue sadly because i've done 30 episodes from my house but i'm not gonna be allowed in the radio booth for the upcoming semester because it's gonna be all online again and alberta's situation isn't spectacular right now but again i have to say thank you to everybody for listening in and you know, no matter what you're doing this holiday season, just remember to be responsible and be safe because the virus is still very, very much alive in our lives. So, happy Christmas, happy New Year's, happy holidays to everybody. And once again, for the last time in 2020, be happy, be healthy, and stay safe.